Hello and welcome to a playoff edition of the True Blue LA podcast. Jacob Birch, that's me. I'm here to. We're still talking about Dodger baseball. Uh, it's not a, actively it's not going a on. In, it's not a season in review podcast yet. Yet. So, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, one of the fun parts even, of the yeah. playoffs, right? Is we never know what the deck like. We can't yeah. like. Sometimes we can plan out segments a few a few weeks in advance, but but not today. There was, there was a part where a couple weeks ago uh, now. Uh, that last week of the regular season, and like I didn't, I wasn't thinking about this then, uh, or maybe John Wiseman wrote about it during the wild card run because they were at home. But he's like, "Hey, this could be Justin Turner's last home game as a Dodger," and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, like, oh yeah, like, because <laughs> the whole thing is like, oh, the playoffs are happening, so like, you know, you don't think about that, and then you're like, oh wait, yeah, like, <laughs> and, and like it's like that same same thing is hey, we'll sign off today, and be like, I guess next week uh, we'll, we'll figure out something." But yeah, so the uh, I don't know. This isn't technically. I guess it's trivia, but like, um, for I just want for to intro the the show by by asking you, what do Roberto Hernandez, Julio Lugo, and Tom Martin have in common? I uh, actually read your Twitter feed Duh! this week, so I know that they are amongst the four players. Is that right? There was a four. No, I thought. they are the they are the only oh, three uh, to play for the four remaining teams. Yep, the. Uh, Dodgers and Braves, and then the Rays, and I forgot the other team. <laughs> yeah, strange, strange how you would think we follow baseball. We should know that. Yeah, but I was mostly following the National. We we have a lot to cover. Uh, we did last week, and we covered it quickly. Don't know if we're going to do that this week. More an, one more game to talk about and review. Um, quite a few more games to look at ahead. We're going to have that. Questions from Craig. A Dodgers rewind that I'm very excited about. All of that after this. There's a lot. You know, it was a s- sweep. But it was a really it felt felt closer for the at the very least the first two games felt way closer uh, for for most of the series felt really intense. Um, I think going into it, I, let me ask you this: Were the Padres of the NL teams the team you were most concerned of, or did it, did that become the Braves after it, um, the the injuries? It, so go yeah, it was the Padres until like Lamette and Clevenger both got hurt then it was like pretty clearly the Braves, mm-hmm. even though, and we'll talk about it, like they have a bunch of like starters hurt too. Like, but they actually have people in place of those rather than they're just, Padres are just like, nah, we, we don't, what's a starter? <laughs> we don't like, so, uh, so that like made it weird. Like, but um, yeah, it, it was weird. Like the whole series was weird. Like playoffs in itself, like there, no matter what, there's like tension mm-hmm. um, and you always feel it. But then like you look back, so through the first six innings of, or no, through first five innings of game one, the Dodgers didn't even have a hit. They had already scored at that point because it was a weird game, and they had walked like eight times, I think, in the first five innings, and uh, and they only had a run out of it, and it was on on, on like an error. Um, but then, like, they ended the series with with twenty nine hits in three games. <laughs> like, how does that happen? Like, they only had a they only had a uh, hit. Or hits in one inning in game one, they had four hits in the sixth inning, and then they just just went off after that, like uh, just relentless. And then uh, we talked a lot about home runs uh, in the in the division series last week, and we we're like, well, <laughs> obviously the Dodgers and Padres with their offense, they hit three home runs. Yeah, I should have looked in the park factors before I said that, huh? But even even, <laughs> even park, like fair, the, fair. the 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 um, uh, the the roof was open and like. Uh, I, but man, it, it was like, 
there was I will say this it, it factored in that the the two national league or the two national league parks played at night and the two mm-hmm. American league uh, parks played during the day and I think that sort of factored in especially I think the A's and the Astros um, had twenty four home runs in their yeah. four games like at Dodger Stadium it's like good God <laughs> whereas the 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 Dodgers Padres they only had three and yet the Dodgers still like scored like everyone talks about oh, oh two are lying on the home run like. They it always gets brought up as like a thing that the home run's bad, you know, like <laughs> like you don't want a home run. Um, Do you think there was a change in approach between games like two and three, or is it just just what they were given? And game one was a lot of hard hit fly balls that died, whereas yeah, in game three it looked more like sort of level liners kind mm-hmm. of. I'd have, I, I haven't s- looked up the stat cast numbers, and I'll see if that's actually no, the case. But I, I still think they're just they're just pounding it, and like. Well, they'll okay. figure it out. They they had a bunch of like long fly balls. Like game one, um, there was one like AJ Pollock hit like a clear. I believe it was a it would have been a three run shot at that point. So much so that like the cameraman like did the you know shoot yeah. to the sky angle, <laughs> and then it showed like oh it, that's not going out. And like Cody Bellinger was like he was on first I guess. And he's like I put my hands up. He's like that was gone <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, Muncie and Seeger both had ones that like died on the track. Will Smith, I think, had one too. Um, so yeah, I don't think it was a change of approach. I think they just started getting stuff that dropped. Yeah. Um, Max Muncie too. Uh, he started. He had a bunch of like little like singles that dropped, and it's like he didn't have that like all year. So like that's a positive sign because uh, he was also hitting the ball hard too. But like also the Padres. Um, so they got Clevenger back. For the series, I can't remember when we recorded. I don't think that was official yet. Yeah, it wasn't because it happened the morning of the series, and like they're like, okay, he has like elbow impingement. He's uh, felt okay in the bullpen session and is going to try to go. He starts game one and he's done uh, in the second inning. It's like, oh no, like they're they're hurting. So and Denelson Lamette did not pitch at all. Um, he was not on the roster, so like they were sort of screwed from that point. That said, they you know obviously could have won game one. They only they only scored one. They lost five one, but um, that was like the 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 turning point. Not really because you know obviously it's five game series, but that was like a huge thing. And you knew that now the Dodgers just had to sort of wear the Padres down at that point. Um, they ended up using twenty five pitchers in three games, uh, including eleven in game three, which is a postseason record. Um, so the in in game three where the Dodgers like just sort of blew it open after like the two close games that you mentioned, that game was just relentless. Like, um, you know, just they just ground them to dust basically. At the end, they took um, they saw two hundred and three pitches in that <laughs> game. That's it's the fourth highest ever uh, for a Dodger postseason game, and it's the second most in a nine inning game. And the last one was last year. Uh, in game three of the NLDS, which gave them a 2-1 lead, and then they did not win after that. Um, okay. But, so, we, I said turning point. It, it wasn't really the turning point when Lame- and when uh, Clevenger went down. The turning point came in game two. Um, I forget, because you texted me a couple times. You were like, you were watching all of this live, right? I was. Okay, because I, I know at times you don't, but I, and I forgot if you... You said you were going to or not going uh, to. I think I think I shed that after the after 2017. I've watched. I, th- I see. think I don't think I've scored 
Because what I, what I, I, I check the score every half an hour, and then if the lead's big enough, uh, I start watching. Um, I, I haven't done that since 2017. If the team we don't remember is in the playoffs and the Dodgers both advance, I might go back to score checking just because yep. uh, my nerves are going to be frayed. But, uh, yeah, no, I watched it all live. So uh, the Dodgers were up 4-3. to three. Uh, Kershaw pitched pretty well. He gave up a couple of home runs in the sixth to make it closer. Uh, so it's 4-3 in the seventh inning, man on, two outs, and Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, is up. Just hits an absolute rocket, um, uh, like high fly ball to center, and that just kept carrying. And uh, this was Bruce Greaterall. He came in, and uh, that was his first batter faced. And then it looked like, oh, no, that's that's a two-run home run. But Cody Bellinger, like, brought it back. He And Cody Bellinger homered earlier, the Dodgers' only home run of the series. Uh, so he homered in that game, then he robbed another. But the best part was the celebration. Like <laughs> Bellinger knew he caught it right away, like because he was like celebrating. You know, there's always there's sometimes where he's like, you know, you're not really sure. You have to check the glove. But um, <laughs> Gratterall was like just went <laughs> nuts. Like he like you know he he's always celebrating like the end of an inning or whatever off the mound. But like he he like chucked his glove toward the Dodger dugout, then he chucked his hat. And he's just like pointing to the sky, and like this whole time, I guess uh, Manny Machado was taking ex- exception to this. And keep in mind, Manny Machado also <laughs> homered earlier and like threw his bat. It wasn't a bat flip. He he chucked his bat towards towards his own dugout. Totally fine, right? Just like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex- it's like just exuberance uh, of that. Same thing. Gratterall is doing all towards like the Dodger dugout, and, and also in is, such an you know, obvious not showing up, and such a like oh my gosh, my my ass just got saved. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it was, it was like, so obvious. <laughs> he gave up the home run yeah. essentially, and then, like, but like he didn't because of Bellinger's great play. So that's what he's celebrating. But uh, Machado is like, I don't remember the order of him saying this, but it was, uh, "We'll be, I'll be waiting for you. I'll be waiting for you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you." And Man. like, uh, first yeah, time we were earning that. Neither you or I are the do- oh, reason for the explicit tag. It's, it's Manny it's, Machado's it's fault. Technically, Manny Machado. That's right. <laughs> and so, and like, and and Gratterall is so like celebratory. He like didn't notice at first. Because a, a lot of the other Dodgers were like coming in, they start yelling back and they're like, "Go back and shut up!" You know, like Max Muncy, of course, leading the charge in that. But regard. Mookie Betts right in there, you know, not yeah, overly right. aggressive, I think, but definitely a part of the party. Which you know, it, it was he, almost like laughing, like "Come yeah. on!" You know, like <laughs> that was like sort of the tone of it. And, and then, but then Gratterall like noticed, so he turns around, and he just waved, he just waves at Machado, like "Hey!" And and blows then, him and a then kiss. He blows him a kiss, which is like. Just, just beautiful. It was, and it was, it was like a funny moment, and you're, and like none of it, like, um, uh, escalated into like you know BS, like throwing at someone's yeah, head. Yeah, and they, or he faced Machado the next inning and uh, got him to ground out. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so yeah, that's that's what we want to see. That was really cool. No, I am watching live instead of my anxiety driven not, but I am watching on. The you know I I don't have cable I have a streaming mm-hmm. package you got to experience mm-hmm. this I think for maybe the first time um, on on game three so there is like a minute delay and so I have to like be very cautious with how I check Twitter uh, and you actually spoiled the the Bellinger catch do you remember oh. your tweet yeah I well uh, so I'll I'll learn the explicit tag of this the tweet was simply holy shit all caps yeah and. Um, and yeah, it was like whoa, like because I, you know, you're like that's a home. And run. when I and, see something like that, I stop checking Twitter, and I'm like, yeah, I figured you would 
I figured it was a good thing that was about to happen. Like that that yeah. tends to be a defensive good defensive play actually, but I just stopped and watched and that was yeah. What a play. Like I like up there on amount of times I rewatched it after a game. We were talking about this in the comments Phil Gurney brought it up. Uh, he was trying to figure out if there was like a better LA Dodger like defensive moment just wondering. No one could think of one off the top of their head that was better. The closest one was um Chris Taylor in the NLCS two years ago yeah. in Game Seven, uh, up against the wall, sort of sliding. That was excellent too. Um, but yeah, outside of that, like it's tough to think of one. Um, but yeah, it, it was crazy. But the so the streaming thing in, in 2017, I was uh, staying with my cousin uh, at the end of that year. That was after I was in the hospital, and um, so the rest of that year I was at, in, at my cousin's in Orange County. They, they didn't have um, Spectrum, so no Dodger games. But, like, World Series, I covered all the home games that playoff run. Uh, but every time they were on the road, I was on – oh, no, I guess I had – it was on cable. I was trying to think. I thought for a second it may have been on streaming for one, but I guess not. But, yeah, so – but there have been games where I've been only on streaming. Um, uh, so that was, like – It's rough. It, it, su- it sucks. <laughs> like, because you, you – you, Twitter Twitter has got a lot of issues. Uh, social media has a lot of issues. But one of the universal joys that social media, Twitter specifically, kind of brings is watching a sporting game with a list curated with funny people also watching that sporting event. Yeah, and like if you look back you, the, without context and just check like my Twitter feed or just anyone, <laughs> and you're like, what does that mean? Like, what is he talking about? Like, yeah, there's no context. But if you're watching the game, you're like, ah, oh, I get it. Like, yeah, yeah that's totally, that totally makes sense. But it's so weird. Like, just yeah, it it's a very uh, for me mostly because I'm either writing about it or just just generally online, and so it's like there's like a second screen sort of experience to it. And that's lost when you're on like a t- uh, 10 to 20 second delay or whatever the streaming service is. So the reason for this was because uh, uh, game th- the, the MLB Network gets usually two um, division series games every year, and they're they're all they're almost always part of the Fox package. Um, and this year Fox has the National League, so they got one in each of the NLDS series, and. I don't have MLB Network on my cable package because it's on like an upper tier, and it's like I'm not. I didn't really want to pay extra for cable, and and I was like, I get. I really don't watch MLB Network that much. Like, there's some things I like on it, but like, I guess I haven't really missed it. But um, so instead of upgrading just to watch one game and then like having to go through all the hassle of canceling, I, I uh, there was a free trial of Fubo TV, so I signed up for that. Um, uh, seven day free trial and then just watched MLB Network. So it was on a bit of a delay. Um, but yeah, same thing. It's like people would tweet, I'm like, oh, this this next pitch is going to be something <laughs> like, you know. Uh, so it was a little bit interesting that way. But um, one of the things uh, in that game three, uh, we talked about like Will Smith. His whole year, like he started off the year in the regular season, like just tattooing the ball and he, he didn't really have good results in the first like couple weeks. But, like, he was still, like, just crushing the ball. Then the results finally came, and, like, that, that's why he's, like, batting fifth every game now because he's a really good hitter. And he was 0 for 11 to start these playoffs. And uh, then he ends up with five hits in game three. Cause, <laughs> and, and if you look, uh, like, just at the 
exit velocity stuff. It's like the same every game, and it's just like he just got the results that game, but it was so it was kind of fun. But uh, so okay, there's a couple things in there that was kind of cool. When he got the fourth hit, uh, he was only the second Dodger catcher to have a four-hit postseason game, and the other was AJ Ellis. Um, in the 2014 NLDS game one, which is more memorable for the Cardinals scoring like 73 runs in the seventh <laughs> inning. Um, but, uh, so then, but then Smith got the fifth hit. So he first Dodger at any position to get five hits in the postseason game, but then even like more noteworthy, perhaps, uh, Austin Barnes had two hits in his start with uh, Kershaw. He also walked uh, in game two. He's uh, four for five this postseason. He's had two hits in both starts. Uh, so Smith and Barnes this postseason are nine for twenty-two. Uh, in the last two postseasons combined, Dodgers catchers so um, Smith, Martin last year, Barnes, Grandall in eighteen, nine for seventy-five. <laughs> so like that's that's been an issue the last like four years really uh, that where the catchers didn't really hit uh, in the postseason. Um, but this year they are, and that's that's huge. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of what's going on with the offense, I guess. Uh, probably, I th- I think especially because of the Do- because the Dodgers won, uh, Bellinger's oh. catch was I think the most talked about aspect of Game Two. But there was a chance they would have lost, and if they had yeah, lost, yeah. I think what would have been talked about uh, just as much, <laughs> uh, if not more, was uh, the handling of the ninth inning. Have we heard this story before this season? Yeah, well, like we talked about last week, where it's like it was pretty clear where Dave Roberts was saying like, well, Kenley's still our closer. But he's also like he's cool with coming in, so it's like he's real. He's our closer, but he's kind of not. So, but it wasn't like he's not going to close. It's more like you know he might close occasionally, and that occasionally came up in um, in game two. Uh, so first of all, in game one, they're up four. They another thing that was sort of weird. They like brought him brought in Kenley for the last two outs, and nobody was on uh, in the ninth, so it was like not that big of a deal. It, like instead of like a full inning, I don't know. It was weird, but like so. Anyway, he pitched the night before, but then he comes in in game two with a three-run lead, and he's facing like five, six, seven. Roberts later said like he liked him against that part of the lineup, which is fair, right? Like if 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 he if this someone is, has a short rope, like that's the spot. This right? is, like a, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> like three-run right. lead, it's still you know if you are a believer that Kenley has that kind of closer mentality where the adrenaline gets only going in this stupid save rule defined situation fine this is a save but it's a three-run lead and you're facing the back half um not only the back uh, five three six well you are as far you're almost as far from uh tetis machado as you can get yes exactly oh he found a way to get to them uh, <laughs> but like uh so you know he struck out will myers who was like the best hitter he was going to face in the in the ninth, I think, um, and then he almost struck out Jake Cronenworth, but Austin Martins dropped a foul tip. To be fair, it was like not that there's an easy foul tip. This to, was to tough. Grab. It was like a yeah. It was like a it rattled right. It was like a it was a rough. But anyway, that was an eleven pitch at bat, and Cronenworth ended up singling, and then they just sort of kept like cutting, uh, just um, sort of chipping away. But the the telling point we talked about this before the the red flag for Roberts in the last round was when his first cutter was like 86 miles an hour uh i think he had one that was 86 something in in um the ninth inning he was generally faster but he he got like his top was 90.4 and i think he only topped 93 times uh in the inning 
So, like, the stuff was clearly not there. So, at this point, like, the point to take him out, I thought, was after he did the three batter minimum. Um, where at that point, I think it was 6-4 still. There was one person on. Um, and then at that point, you have... Um, man, it was... Uh, oh, I think it was Austin Nola and then... And then um, Trent the Grisham. Lefty, Trent Grisham. So, at that point, you have options. Uh, you could have, like, we, we, Jake McGee did not pitch in the, um, in the NLDS. Um, I understand why you don't bring him in there because that means he has to face Tatis if he doesn't get two outs in those two batters. Um, oh, no, I take it back. No, 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 that, that's right. It was only one out. Yeah, so he would need to retire two batters in order to not face Tatis. So I get why you wouldn't want to set up a situation where McGee is facing Tatis, even though McGee is your best strikeout pitcher. Um, but so, the, but somebody I, not named Kenley Jansen, if his arm is off, um, John, exactly. John, John Weissman wrote a great article sort of alluding to this is the biggest issue is why didn't you have an arm ready to go? <laughs> yeah. Like, especially, especially because you pitched them the day before and especially because, you know, stuff has been a thing over, over the last week. So that, that I don't mind bringing him in, but you need to have the plan of, what happens if he doesn't go? I would have been fine giving him four batters. Um, yep. But yep. somewhere in there, um, n- not more than that. But they gave him they gave him a little extra rope. Yeah. He so he, they left him in for the next two, and uh, he got he got Austin Ola to pop out, and then so that's two outs. But then um, uh, Grisham uh, singled home the, the second run. So it's six five at this point. And that's when they pulled him. But, and, and at some point during the, this time, yeah, and like, the Dodgers bullpen is just like full of really nice live arms that can just you know ignore handiness for a little bit. You know, you've got Dylan Floro. You mentioned Jake McGee. There's a, a billion starters that they've decided not to start at all. Um, so of course you go to Joe Kelly. Yeah, there was a point where where I think it was still six four. And that's when Kelly started warming up, and they like the the camera like pan to the dugout or to the uh, bullpen, and Joe Kelly's the only one warming. And all I could think of was like, this is last year's NLDS all over again. Like what? Except that Kenley wasn't in the game, but it's like, what's going on? Like what? Like this? How is this happening? Right? And it's like, and it's a little different in that I actually was a big fan of Joe Kelly coming in Mm -hmm. uh, last year. Um, I thought he ended the season really well. Um, it, it wasn't as good deep as a bullpen <laughs> uh, yeah. as it, last year as it, as it was this year. The issue last year was that he came back out. Like, oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. He has not earned that distinction yet. Um, I, I, I I agree with that. And and like and and in general terms, like Kelly and fine. and like, the, but the other issue this year: one, you have a deeper bullpen, and two. Yeah. He he's barely pitched this year. You don't yeah. have the in-game evidence of knowing who you got. And like he's. Joe he Kelly, <laughs> doesn't, he, he doesn't throw his fastball that much right now. Like yeah. since he's come back from the IL, he's like been you know so many curveballs and like and he bounced so many in that inning. Um, but like just and it's not it's not like a thing with you know because Joe Kelly is is bad. It was it's just the like visceral like oh no like that, yep. that all you could think of was like 2019 game five. Um, and it's like, wow, they're doing this again. Okay. So, but, but at this point, it's still like a winnable game. You, you need one out. Yeah. Obviously you're facing Tatis. It's tough with Machado on deck and a man on first. It's not, that's not a, this odds are still in your favor at that point. But then, uh, <laughs> two just like, 
just long at bats, or technically yeah. not at bats, with Tatis and Machado. <laughs> Ended up walking them both. Um, and so it's bases loaded. At that point, you're just like, this This is the worst way to lose. <laughs> like, you know, like it's just, it's just so weird. But then he got uh, uh, Hosmer to ground out to second. And like, like so they sort of got this like um, – they got the Kenley issue sort of out of the way in a way like in that, well, you clearly aren't going to use him. Roberts technically still hasn't said like he's not the closer. He, he, he like refused to say he's not the closer. I don't necessarily it, mind but, him coming no, in, which is fine. Yeah, and repeats right, it. Like, if he didn't pitch the day before, I think that, I think, yeah. I think you cannot pit a guy who's go, went from, I thought, like, I saw some people saying, like, they didn't think the cutter had life at all. I thought it did in those first two batters. I really did. Uh, and maybe maybe it was optimism uh, coloring the way I was looking at those at bats. But after two batters, two batters, it went away. And it just yeah, became he, flat, slow, um, just lifeless. And if that's going to happen after he pitched two, two batters the day before, you cannot pitch him back-to-back days. I agree with that. So, he, he's someone you just thoughts. have to watch very um, closely, right? And, and yeah, uh, he's someone you have to watch like very closely. And, and, and you have so many like, other good options. So yeah, yeah, low variance, but you want to get him in the ninth to kind of be a confidence booster. It, when he is on, he's still better than serviceable. He's not elite anymore. Yeah. That like those days are gone. He's never going to be elite again. I, I assume you know things happen. Right. He's not going to be elite this season. Let's put it that way. Um, and, 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 and so if you. Yeah. And you know he's not taking up space of someone that's not on the roster. These these are their good, great bullpen arms. Use them smartly. Don't put them in the high leverage situation. They seem to have figured that bit out. But I also think you just can't pitch him back to back. So and on Roberts, like I don't, I don't like have a problem with him not coming out and saying like he's clearly not the closer. He's been oh, no. pretty open about saying like. Lots of people are going to pitch. Like we'll go matchups, and like it, it just there's no there's no upside for him publicly saying I don't have confidence in Kenley right now, right? Like of course he doesn't have to say that. Like everyone knows it. Like and and like it's so obvious. So it's like there there it's just clear they're going to be have to like watch him, uh, and, and like um, just I I don't expect he's going to get a save situation again this postseason. If I had to if I had to bet. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe we'll make a bet because I bet he. Do, I I I wager that uh, a situation like uh, game two comes up again and they they give him a shot again. I get. Or, I guess it would depend on the series, right? If it's it depend on the a, series, depends who the batters are, right? If it's a if, bunch if of lefties, right. they have better options. You know, you, yeah. If it's if it's one one, uh, a series is one one mm. against the Braves and it's game three. I, I don't I don't see him unless it's a, you know unless, unless it's like Dale Murphy. Back. I am uh, <laughs> I am rooting for uh, your opinion of things, but I I wouldn't be surprised if they they give it a go. So yeah. Uh, uh, anything to say about Game Three other than Will Smith is awesome and the Dodgers just hit a lot of well and Yeah, they just had a bunch of stuff like uh, <laughs> like yeah. I have a little bit coming up. Yeah, we're we're gonna talk. Yeah. I, people might be you know what a nice transition. We could talk about the horror show that was the uh, first um, two innings of that game. We're gonna talk about that and sort of previewing the Braves. I think. I remember an episode, and I don't know when it was, sometime this season, where we were talking about. 
it must have been after the Padre, the series in San Diego because we were talking. Yeah, I remember you saying the Padres are clearly the second best team in the NL. Maybe it's maybe you can make an argument for the Braves. And here we go back to back. Don't you can't say the Dodgers aren't going to have to earn it. Yeah, I yeah that's that's something. Uh, the Braves are like. Uh, they're like a better, healthier Padres team, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, uh, really good offense, just like the Padres had, but the Braves are a little better. Um, they they scored one less run than the Dodgers did during the season. They they, they were 1-2 in homers. Uh, the, they, uh, the Dodgers had 118, the Braves had 103. Um, so the first game is Monday. Uh, the first game is on Fox. It's a, it's a um, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, and I think like the rest of the series uh, depend. Uh, there's AL and NL obviously going on, and they're they're basically like not quite alternating, but there's each day is essentially like a 1 p.m. slot and a 5 p.m. slot. So that's kind of like how it's going to be. I think for this series, they've only announced the time for Game One. I looked in my guide. That's that's not always like that accurate, but like the the way the times were set up, I think. I think the first two NL games are night games, and then and then they alternate a few. It, I think it works out where both series, AL and NL, if they go seven, would have four night games and three day games. So I think the rest of the series might be FS1 uh, rather than Fox, but um, they haven't announced anything beyond game one, but that, that's just what it is. But also, um, no more Joe Davis. Uh, it's Joe Buck and John Smoltz uh, the rest of the way, both NLCS and if the Dodgers advance World Series. Uh, the, those two are calling it even if the Dodgers don't advance. But uh, just, real quick, uh, yeah, really, we're you know we're fans of Joe Davis. I thought he called a very unbiased uh, scene. Padres fans' opinions kind of be mi- mixed on that, but I thought he was unbiased. But I thought, com- especially compared to previous years, he did a really good job. I don't want to say controlling John Smoltz, but like. Leaning into his strengths, talking a lot about nuts and bolts pitching, nuts and bolts like sort of the mechanics of the game, and doing what he could to avoid rally killers and shifts and <laughs> stuff like that. Wasn't able yeah. to be perfect about it, but for a good while, I was I was enjoying John Smoltz again, and that was uh, yeah, fun to he's, see. Smoltz when when he's like breaking down pitching or like like just even like in just general in game stuff. Excellent. Yes. That's awesome. You just want to hear that that like all the time. It's pretty great. And you're right. Like I they they have a pretty good rapport. Uh, they they work together some, but not a ton. But like you could you, that's a that's a good rapport, even given how little they've like worked together. And on the opposite side, I've actually come to kind of uh, not mind Joe Buck as much as I used to, say a decade or so ago. But he has kind of let uh, John Smoltz just run free. Yeah, yeah. Hey, John, talk to me about the shift. Well, let yeah. me tell you what. <laughs> Anything bugging you today? Like, you know, like, <laughs> um, so I, the, the key sort of difference to me in the Braves is that they they have pitchers like who go more than like two innings at a time. <laughs> they have pitchers. And, just the yeah, just the, and they have pitchers. End of sentence. No, uh, so they they've only played the Reds and the Marlins. So like take this with a grain of salt, but then like the, the Dodgers spent like all year playing nobody's too. So you get it right. You, you can only play who's on your, on your schedule, but they've all, they shut out, they had four shutouts in five playoff games. So like they're looking pretty sweet right now, but like I was looking at their rotation. Um, so Max Freed is like game one. He was really good this year, seven and zero with a two twenty five in 11 starts. 
Ian Anderson, they brought him in at the end of August. He only had six starts, his first six major league starts. He's only 22. He has two uh, starts this postseason, 11 and two-thirds innings, 17 strikeouts, no runs allowed. <laughs> so through through his first 44 innings, counting the playoffs, uh, he's allowed 11 runs, seven are earned, so his ERA is only 143, but 58 strikeouts in those 44 innings and 70 walks, so that's a handful. Um, and then Kyle Wright, uh, he was like okay in the regular season. He had a 521 ERA, not great, but like even he had um, – uh, a scoreless outing in the NLDS. So, like, uh, it's and pretty I, good. I w- last yeah. I checked, uh, bullpen ERA in the regular season. I think they're one two as well. Is that correct? Oh, that I that might make sense. I haven't. I think I the Dodgers won Braves too. I believe yeah. I looked this up. Uh, also, that reminds me, uh, this series is also very likely to have a another Will Smith versus Will Smith battle. Mm. Uh, you know, so that would be cool. Uh, Will Smith, I believe he and. Uh, Mark Melanson, uh, I think they're up to, uh, what is it? I think it's, I think it's, um, seven innings. It's seven or eight innings total or like seven or eight and a third. And they've given up nothing like no (laughs) hits, no walks in the, in the postseason. So like they've been really good and the back end. But, um, if you look at the, the, their rotation, like just the first few games, uh, so Max Fried drafted seventh in 2012. Uh, Ian Anderson drafted third in 2016. Uh, Kyle Wright was drafted fifth in 2017. Freed is going against Walker Bueller, who was drafted 24th, so he's way down there. Uh, Wright and Bueller both went to Vanderbilt. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, of course, was drafted eighth or seventh, excuse me, um, in 2006. So like that's a lot of like super high draft picks, mm-hmm. like starting and that's that's really good the, the thing though after that the braves rotation is really thin like they uh mike soroka got hurt earlier in the year cole hamels only made one start he was hurt all year and he's out uh sean newcomb was uh, option at some point mike fulton his velocity was way down he's probably he might be hurt but he was designated for assignment so like they're just paper thin after the third serve so that's that's where <clears throat> i think the dodgers advantage would lie uh, having five starters, but like, <laughs> hey, we got to talk but, about game three. <laughs> yeah, and, and so like, how it's just like how they use those starters is is like a is going to be like a huge question mark, I think, in the series. Uh, so yeah, that's that's something, right? So this came. So the first two innings of game three came immediately after that ninth inning we just talked yes. about, yeah. and I think that's what played into the like. Uh, I see whenever Dave, whenever Dave slash the front office, this combination decides to do something unorthodox uh, with the bull, with the pitching in the playoffs. There's always people who who are sort of grumbling, complaining. This was the most anger I think I've seen over any of these moves. Yeah, and I think it's just it, because it, they came back to back. Yeah, I, I agree with that because it was kind of like, man, we we almost lost because of that ninth inning this is the thinking right like you're th- we almost lost because of the ninth inning and then we're doing this like the next day that's you're like really like that's sort of the 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 where the ire is coming from but just breaking it down so like the dodgers are five and oh right like it's hard to like find much fault in anything they've really done like just overall it's been a a resounding success so far they've swept both series they've gotten to rest they haven't they don't they don't have to travel anymore at all like even 
like the Braves, they had to go. They have to go from Houston to Arlington, which is not that big of a deal. But it's it's traveling and like actually packing and stuff. The Dodgers are like, ah, we got our, we're in our room, we're fine. So, um, but like Tony Gonsolin hasn't pitched yet. <laughs> he he, you could argue like he was their best pitcher this year. Like I I I don't know if I would technically buy that. He, he was very good, but the the fact that that's a question, right, is like. Really, they have used, but but also like I, you sort of get it, right? They they swept a two game series and they swept a three game series, so like that's fine. So right? I think the criticism that you could levy uh, yes. is in in specifically the NLDS plan is what what if you know they had st- the Padres had stolen that uh, game two and found a way to say win a game four. What does game five look like? Yeah, and that's that's where the sort of problem comes in because you're. So your advantage as the Dodgers, I would argue, like of of the five remaining teams, and and maybe outside of Cleveland, out of all the teams, they were like the one team that had like five effective and capable starters, um, if they needed to use them, and the and like they 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 would have went into Game Five with a scramble. Um, because and just because of the way they sort of use Dustin May, um, so in the first in the wild card round, you, you sort of get that it, it's a maximum three games. So at a minimum, you have two starters you're not using as starters, right? Like you, you pick one of the one of the 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 three of Gonsolin, Urias, and May to start game three, and then everyone else like the other two are like available in relief. So I, I completely understand that. They went with Urias for three innings in game one to follow a uh, Walker Bueller, who you have to sort of manage his blister right now. He's gone four innings in three straight starts. Now, that said, like, uh, he start uh, he's starting game one again and Kershaw game two against the Braves. After that, Roberts, of course, hasn't committed to anything. But other than to say uh, the other three will be available, we'll see how it goes. Um now, Bueller was also like off uh, in Game One against mm-hmm. the Padres. He pitched around it because he has great stuff, but he threw ninety-five pitches in four innings. Now, they're not just limiting him to four because of the blister; it's part of it. But like, had he thrown like seventy-three pitches or something, he'd pitch the fifth, I think, almost for sure. And like, so they're they're not like all they're not like babying him right like they're just keeping a close eye so you don't have to have Bueller pitch four if he pitches five that's a huge boon um you might be able to go traditional bullpen but like back to the NLDS so he pitches four in game one and they this time they turned to Dustin May and he was great uh he pitched two innings uh shorter than Urias also understandable because they'd probably need him later in the series unlike Urias was where it was like Here's your here's your contribution this series totally fine. Um, he only threw 27 pitches. Now it was sort of played up as like, well, that was basically his side session, except that you don't really in your in between starts you're not you're not throwing a hundred, you know, in, in your bullpen like, uh, so that's like the one sort of issue. But then, so in my head, like I'm thinking, okay. He's like the game five starter. At right. This point. And maybe he goes right? three or four and then you yeah. figure it out from there. And so what they did do though, uh, we didn't know the game three starter till the morning of. 
the Dodgers, they, they sent out a text and said, uh, Dustin May started. And I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> like, okay, at that point in my head, like the, the uh, options there, this was before we got to talk to Dave Roberts for pregame. It was like, oh, okay, they maybe they are treating that as an actual bullpen session. But at even that, he's probably going like four, right? So you're you're limiting it like again. So not getting an actual like real starters thing out of this. So but so that's sort of frustrating on that level. Whereas you have like a fully rested Gonsolin, a fully rested Urias that you could have gone to and then used May at a, a time when he's more stretched out. But then it got even more confusing because <laughs> May was essentially used as an opener. Now, I, I will take them at their word and, and say, uh, Robert's like, we weren't sure exactly how long he was going to go. He pitched one inning. Uh, he walked a guy, but then um, got around it. It was scoreless. So at that point, they have but he, he was missing that, the spots like oh yeah he was missing so like i get i completely get the decision like, if i like, take them at their word i'm i'm more like good to like that aspect of we this is a guy that maybe could have gotten in three he didn't look good we pulled him i like that like that's that's yes. a, a cool thing to see but yeah i'll let you explain kind of how it unfolded after that and, and so at this point so he's faced four batters and so Oh, no, he only faced three because right. uh, one of them got caught stealing, right? Like Tatis, I guess. And um, so uh, the next six batters, the last six batters of the Padres lineup, four are left-handed. So um, they go to Adam Cleric on its face, fine, right? Like that's a totally fine decision. Dave said he liked the run of batters that he was going to face, totally fine. Because at that point, like um, – Julio Urias hadn't started warming up yet, who's also left-handed. <laughs> like, uh, so, like, my thing is, like, if Urias is your bulk guy, which he was, um, the whole point... Isn't this when me, you want to bring him in? <laughs> right, Your yeah. left-handed the, bulk guy against a bunch of left <laughs> Like, the whole point of an opener, the opener is essentially, like, the way a way to maximize lesser pitchers, like, to me. Like, if, if you have real starters, you just let them start. And, and, like, I think if you're trying to, you could, from, like, from an aesthetic standpoint, I hate it. Uh, punch it in the balls. Get it out of here. But, like, um, if, you, if, if you're treating these guys as, like, only going to pitch, like, five innings, maybe maybe six if they just are dominant, I get it that you're you you want to match it up at a at a spot that's most advantageous to you. Maybe you get a free early inning with like a a really good reliever. Or if something. you could be cagey with it, they're not going to yes. be able to stack their lineup against the who the bulk guy is. Like in this case, maybe they wouldn't know if it was going to be Gonsolin or Urias, for instance. Yeah. But these are small, like you said, these are small edges that become that our our edges are advantages. And yeah. and therefore, but you're tra- you're not. It's not free because you're at injecting variance into th- into the game because you now have two pitchers coming before your bulk guy. And if one of those two pitchers kind of p- um, pitchers has a bad outing, like um, Adam Cleric did, uh, now your things are in disarray, and you don't need to introduce those advantages. Uh, make that bet when you have just good pitchers to begin with, which the Dodgers do. Mm-hmm. And like even you could even make the argument that like Cleric was unlucky because he yes. gave up yeah. a bunch of ground balls. And, and I, I want to be clear I, when I say bad outing, not necessarily. Yes, yeah. for the team, it yeah. was a team bad because 
it, they 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 scored two runs that inning. The Padres did. Now, and then they didn't score more because they brought in Urias with the bases loaded. Once <laughs> Caleric faced six guys, so like, uh, so they brought they brought him in at the top of the Padres lineup Against in their a best bases loaded situation, <laughs> and to like start. So like, if that's what advantage are you gaining for that? <laughs> now, uh, to be fair, you, you don't you don't have to be a slave to the to the the, the script, right? I don't think that's what they were planning to do necessarily. <laughs> that was the idea. So, so like, but the so that maybe they just they realized they're like, okay, we need to bring in like our best available person right now. Now you could argue why didn't they also warm up a righty to finish that inning? Like I get, I would also get that. Um, but that that said, and Urias came in because he's really good and he so he struck out Tatis, and then he just went off like he I think he retired his first ten. He only gave up an unearned run in his five innings. Exactly what you want from like that that position, and I'm I'm completely fine if if he gets those innings at their and they're a different part of the game. I just don't know. It just seemed like they were trying too hard to like for like a very small aesthetically. Game. It's awful. Uh, it yes, is injecting variants in with a pitching staff that doesn't need to be i think the one of the parts that makes it so aesthetically pleasing is like you said this is usually a thing done to leverage bad pitchers why aren't they trusting these really good pitchers that they have like do they know something i don't know is dustin may broken like like to me but to me less or so the exact script of game three which uh, if like if they were willing to actually show us all their analysis and they never will be, I could see them having body of evidence and Andrew Friedman like at a bar being able to convince me on a lot of the decisions. I don't know if he could convince me that yeah, yeah we're okay kind of scrapping together game five and and to do because we really want Dustin May in shorter outburst innings and i know i think that's kind of the argument that dave roberts made today where they're like they really wanted to like maximize him aka like let him throw 101 or whatever um but i i'm i'm still unconvinced of that yeah so and i think that was sort of my main issue like not necessarily urius not starting fine with that he got his innings that's fine um it's like how may was used so like Mm -hmm. so from from this point you're even acknowledging that, like, it's perfectly, I think it's perfectly fine to use one of those three starters as the Bueller, like, piggyback. I would, there, I would also argue Victor Gonzalez would be a perfectly fine piggyback if you had to do that and, like, keep your starters starters. But I get it, right? That's Dustin May's awesome. Like, he pitched awesome and that helped help them win game one that was really close when he came in. Um, now, what they, so at this point they're up two nothing. So they have to win one time in three games. The Padres have a decimated pitching staff. Uh, Chris Paddock was going to start game four. Had it gone there, he's their only like actual starter. They started Adrian Morjon um, in game three, and he's his like longest outing was this year was three innings. So that was a clear bullpen game, and it, it was because they used eleven guys. Obviously, they got blown out too. That was part of it. But um, you. The advantage you, you're you're almost giving away an advantage by not just letting your giving those three starters their game to pitch because people were also talking about like well what if we just use like Gonsolin and Urias in game three to close it out well it's like then what are you doing then you have to like end up throwing Bueller on short rest in game five 
with like uh, maybe May and relief or something, and then you're like you're sort of screwing yourself for the NLCS because he wouldn't wouldn't have been able to pitch in the first two games. So I think I thought it was getting too cute at that point. Um, that's why I would have preferred like just May if it, rather than pitch the one inning as an opener in game three, just hold him for game five and like let him go four or whatever. Some, something and, I yeah. haven't done and just hear talk, hear, hearing us uh, talk about this and we'll be able to contrast this is thinking of what the big change that the Dodgers made offensively from 2018 to this year is they decided, you know what contact rates actually important. It's especially mm-hmm. important in the playoffs. We're going to really f- focus on that over the, in 2019 and, and certainly in 2020 acquiring a guy like Mookie Betts to kind of set that, set that flag in the stand. They seem. I wonder how obsessed they got over with what Boston did in 2018 on like coming up with all these game plans because they are they're not exact, but it's it's really reminiscent of how Boston kind of managed that. The flip side is that Boston was managing a really bad bullpen. The Dodgers have a really good one, right? Yeah, that, that's that's the thing too. Like because they were using um, a bunch of starters in relief, mm-hmm. and like obviously Sale closed out Game Five, but David Price pitched big innings in relief. Um, and we don't, we won't really get to know yeah. what the plans are because we're not seeing uh, game. F- right. We didn't get to see what game four and five looked like. So this series yeah. is going to be interesting. Like what they do, I have no idea. I really have no idea. Do they really like? Is 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 that my my sort of guess is that they really like it when Dustin May kind of lets it all hang out and just like really throws his kind of gives it like lets it. Excuse me. Um, gives it the full gas can and just like, and that means you have to go in short outings. Fine. Is there something to that? Do they stick to that? And if so, it's a possibly seven game series. What does game five look like? If you don't sweep, um, it's going to be really yeah. interesting to see now. So I did ask Dave Roberts about this today. Like again, with the benefit of hindsight, two days after yes. that game. Cause I was like, what, what are they doing? Right? Like <laughs> that, that was, what, but you think about it. So I, I understand like what they were trying to do. Like Roberts was saying, like they're, you know, May Dustin May, any of those three starters are basically five six innings in their start, right? Mm-hmm. And like, so what they're doing with May is just getting those five innings over three games, basically. If it got if it went five, he probably would have pitched like two innings in game five or something because of the way he was used. Um, so I I sort of get that. I could argue that. He could have gone maybe six by holding him out to game five to let him go four. That's probably splitting hairs, and it's on that same level, so whatever. So I, I completely get that. Now, I did ask Dave about this, and I thought his answer was you know, somewhat explanatory. Like, Obviously, he's not giving away like the plan, but he's like, look, there's more to it than this, and uh, this is what he had to say. It's more of a discussion where you just try to optimize your, your talent, your arms, matchups potentially to get 27 outs and and however you know we decide to do that another team decides to do that there's a lot that goes into it but um when you're talking about the options that we have um they're all pretty dang good and i really like that philosophy it just cut but but when you see blake trying and pitching three games in a row you see joe kelly in an extremely high leverage situation i it's. I think it's easy, uh, very understandable, even for some a fan like me who does buy in that pop, into that philosophy, but fans who don't to just lose their minds when they see this. And it's going to be especially interesting when it's seven games and you ha- you really do need that length. 
Right. And, and so also today, uh, this was the first sort of media availability uh, for the NLCS. Um, now, Roberts was asked, like, because how they characterize May's outing as like a side session, uh, instead of throwing a bullpen, he threw in game one. Uh, and so what they did, Tony Gonsolin pitched a simulated game today. I, I don't know how many innings. I don't think they did a very long one, so it's not like he's has to wait four days to pitch. But I, I think that lines him up for game four again. Um, to me, they haven't announced anything beyond Kershaw or uh, Bueller and Kershaw. They did say Bueller and Kershaw will just have their normal side sessions and they're going to stay on normal rest. Please. So, <laughs> no, yeah, more. So right. no more. No more Kershaw in relief. Like, no, so, not dude with the blister on his finger. We don't need him doing anything about else. Like, yeah, just every every five days <laughs> or five or six days, that's fine. And so, so Bueller and Kershaw, it's it, with a series of donations out. That that's the cool sort of the cool part about this is that it's those two for one, two, and six, seven. So like, all right, that's that's awesome, right? And if you want to get technical, the, the, the four home games, <laughs> even though they're all in the same park. Um, but the Dodgers are going to end up, uh, if they do well, they're going to have like the most experience at uh, Globe Life Field for any team outside of the Rangers. So uh, that's something. Um, so that like that also brings into how they might sort of shape the roster. Now, the one surprise uh, between the last time we recorded and now was that all that stuff about talking about how how they're going to fit like um, Dylan Floro on the roster, like who comes off, and like oh yeah, also Edwin Rios is not on the roster. Like <laughs> what? Like I, I did the same thing. So I think both times they've they just sent out an email with the roster, and like I have I usually do have like a post queued up, wrote, writing about most of it because we've talked about it for a couple days. And I just have to sort of cross check and make sure all the who the what are, whatever the choice was. You're like, okay, it, they did take Terrence score. They, you know, they they didn't do K. Bear Ruiz in this one. So that was my first thing. Um, uh, okay, added Floro, no no K. Bear Ruiz. Like, okay, that's that's the move. And then I looked again. And I'm like, wait, Gavin Lux is on there. <laughs> who do, who came up? Rios. So like what? Like, and so like, and then of course that's in the morning. And you don't talk to like the team until like later in the day, and it turns out he injured his groin uh, fielding a ball uh, uh, during a workout last the Sunday before that series. So um, Roberts today said uh, Rios would do, play in that um, sim game. He said he's probably about seventy five percent now. Um, so I would obviously there's still two days before the series starts Monday. It seemed like I would think he has a good shot of being on. Um, now the question is, because it's seven days, does that mean they carry like a fifteenth pitcher? Who? <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. A, the problem is like it's not a. There's not the a lot of like we we talked about this a few episodes ago, like just how elite that bullpen is with these fourteen pitchers, and then you could yeah. argue, well, Joe Kelly, who you know, who knows what uh, what you get out of that. But assuming Joe Kelly, even in the small sample size, pitched like he did in the season, which was really well in like 10 innings or whatever, um, it's such a steep drop off. I think it's like Dennis Santana or and like right. a few other arms. And it's like, I think I'd rather just with the extra bench player. But so you look at it like if I think if they add a 15th, uh, it would be like a almost like a long eye because you also have to remember that there's no. 
uh, extra inning rule yeah. now. So, like, you could have a long game. So, like, a Dennis Santana would make sense, but, like, you really would not. Or an Alex Wood, even. Mm. But, like, you would not. Yeah. I, I, you don't want to use him. Like, if, <laughs> if you have to. And, like, but then someone brought, like, there was sort of talk, like, they technically did. the. There's a 40-player uh, postseason pool, unlike normal years. Uh, usually it's, like, whoever's in your org, like, is, is yeah. available. And you just bring them up. But now, because they're quarantined, like they have to set like these forty, and so it's all the all the healthy players on the forty man, and then plus Rocky Gale, of course, <laughs> as ex, an extra catcher. And but uh, Josiah Gray is the only pitcher. Now you could argue he probably has the best stuff yeah. of any of those. <laughs> so like, if they just want to, if they want to have like a, a long way, but it's like I I just can't see them doing like. A, uh, although it's happened, I think two or three times this postseason, where yeah. yeah, where a pitcher has made their major league debut in this postseason. So like, it's like the twelfth inning. They're like, okay, Josiah, here's your game. <laughs> like, uh, but I, that's a that's a rough ask, right? So, so like, it's 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 hard to see them adding a fifteenth. So, like again, if it's a single inning guy, like Scott Alexander exists, but he's he was been all over the place. Um, like Josh Bors is okay. I think the one that makes the most sense to me, if they're gonna do this, is Mitch White. Yeah, Mitch White and, Sp- White and Spores were the two names that I, I had as most likely. But even then, I, I'm just not sure. But but at that point, you're like, I get it if you don't add yeah. any of those, right? And so, and then the other question is, you know, I think they keep Gore as a security blanket. So, like, if Rios comes back, he probably just – he either takes Beatty or Lux, I depending think, on I, I think what it, they want. I think it's Gore or Ruiz, right? Like, I could see them in a seven-game series. They 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 want that security blanket instead of the runners. So. Oh, but you – I guess you could do both if you're not – if you're not that sold on Lux and getting – because Lux only played at the very end of – uh, game three right. as a pinch hitter in a 12-3 blowout. So you, you could say like they're not, the way they're playing or the way they're utilizing the roster, they're not necessarily using him right now. So I could I could sort of see a situation where they would say um, you know Ruiz, or Gore stays, Ruiz on, Rios on and then you just take Beatty and Lux off and then and keep the pitchers. So like I sort of get that, but like other than like Rios getting added and then one of Beatty and Lux or, or Gore uh, getting taken off, like that's really the the only like almost have to move if Rios is healthy, obviously. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah, and I, I think they're like comfortable enough um, if if in that to use Smith uh, as a DH in games that Barnes catches, which would be two games in a, in the series. Now, you, you can make an argument that maybe you don't want to tire Will Smith out by having him bat seven days in a row. I would also completely understand that. But you also have uh, options at that point. Like right. you have actual hitters. So maybe, so you you don't need a third catcher necessarily for that because you could just have a better hitter who could DH or, or like, you know, be a pinch hitter rather than whoever's left from the non-DH. Right. So, yeah, so it's kind of it's going to be mostly the same, I would imagine. Yep. No, I think we're in agreement. Um, you have a trivia question for me. Yep. Going one, uh, going back to the NLDS for uh, one moment. Uh, game three uh, was a twelve-three blowout. 
in that game, uh, Justin Turner, he actually um, he set or tied three Dodgers postseason records. Um, most games, uh, 59, he broke a tie with Yasiel Puig. Most hits, he passed Steve Garvey. Most runs scored, he tied Steve Garvey. Um, he also, Turner, also holds the franchise postseason record with doubles, extra base hits, RBI, walks, and hit by pitch. He also got hit in uh, game three, or game two, excuse me. He has 10 hit by pitches. No other Dodger in the postseason has four, more than four. Um, Oh, yeah, he also has two sacrifice flies, including one this last series, which is also tied for the all-time Dodger postseason lead, which is a scintillating race, <laughs> if you ask me. Um, now, Justin Turner is he's third with nine home runs um, all-time in Dodgers postseason history. Can you name the two Dodgers ahead of him? I will try my very best after this. Who is ahead of Justin Turner in playoff home runs? Justin Turner has nine, and then he's third. So there's two ahead of him. That is that mm-hmm. the gist of it? Yep. Are these both LA players? Um, one is exclusively LA. One played in both hmm. LA and Brooklyn. Okay, so I will guess Duke Snyder. He's number one with eleven. And then I all, all in the World Series, by the way, obviously. And since this is the person Turner's passing in every other record, I might as well guess Steve Garvey. That is correct. Yeah, Garvey, <laughs> Garvey came alive in the postseason um, with the Dodgers: uh, three forty-six, three seventy-five, seventy-one, ten home runs. Yeah, I, really good. I don't know who I would. I would as good. I was going to guess Garvey no matter what. Had you not given me the Brooklyn uh, hint. I don't know. I think I might get. It's just so hard to guess the Brooklyn guys when it was, you know, sometimes a World just, Series, <laughs> or and, and then a CS. So well, and to to put that in perspective, so the second place Brooklyn guy is Gil Hodges with five. Yeah. Um, um, now, do you know who's tied for fourth in uh, Dodgers postseason home runs? Nope. They they each have seven. Uh, uh um, is Max Muncy one? Max Muncy has six. Okay, <laughs> he, he he he's tied with Ron Say, Davy Lopes, and Kike Hernandez. <laughs> I was I was doing the real quick like how many did because we we talked about that he was the NLDS yeah. leader uh, yep, last week. Yep. Uh, so no, I'll, I'll I'll tap out. I'm I'm already on a hot streak. I'm feeling good. Yeah, no, I yeah, you did well. Um, Adrian Gonzalez, okay. is one, uh, and Jock Peterson. Uh, oh, that makes total sense. Yep, that doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. The, that was another uh, sort of a, a, a nice little side effect of Rios um, not being healthy. Uh, Jock started two games uh, at DH, and he had, um, I believe, a couple. I don't have it in front of me. So, yeah, he was three for ten, had a, had a productive series, three for ten with a walk. Uh, or no, not a walk. I think he got hit by a pitch. There, um, there was a lot of talk about how fast the Yankees and Rays pitchers were throwing. Jock's just got to be licking his chops, right? <laughs> Get me in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, although, if you remember right, like, so one of the reasons he was left off uh, or, or, or that he didn't start in the, in the first game against the Brewers, uh, Roberts was like, yeah, he, he. I just haven't seen him catch up to the high fastball really? this year. Really interesting. Yeah, which which is like normally like that's, that's his thing, yeah. right? And so like that was like, oh okay, that that's a that's a rough thing. But but yeah, it was good. Um, 
There was also concern uh, in that last week of the year when Jock was on the emergency family medical leave. Roberts was like, we're not sure how long he's going to be available. But now, like, uh, Roberts said uh, Jock's family's with him in the bubble. So, like, that's all good. There was a nice shot of uh, Jock holding his daughter uh, during the celebration. Yeah, as they, a, that, was, that was really cool. As a, a recent uh, girl dad graduate, seeing him and Clayton, Clayton with Callie, uh, it was a... Uh, uh, tear tear moment for me so that was that was really cool pretty cool speaking of tear no i was literally about moments. to do the yeah. same transition <laughs> one of the times i've cried at a baseball game was saying goodbye to vin scully uh i'm uh, i have a really good friend of mine who's a, a big braves fan and we've been talking and i i think almost every time i talk about the braves i bring up uh dodger legend charlie culverson Who's today's Dodgers Rewind? And speaking of the, and sorry for stepping all over your segue there. That's fine. It just seemed like so obvious. I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get this. <laughs> I, 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 no, um, you got it. So, I didn't put this in the notes, but like, it's, what's funny is, um, Culberson looks a lot like Dansby, Dansby Swanson on the Braves, and I think it's Ian Anderson. It might, I might be confusing it with someone else, but there's like a third Brave. That looks, they almost all look, this is relative, right? Like, they look sort of the same, and it's kind of funny. Like, um, Culberson, there's a Twitter account that's literally just Charlie Culberson's hair, uh, <laughs> which is which is always sort of fun. But um, this year was weird. Um, he only, he barely played with the Braves. He was, I looked, I thought he was, like, hurt or something. He played nine games, and he was one for seven with a double. They, um... They sent they sent him they designated him for assignment like the first week of September and then they outrighted him to the the alternate site, but then once the playoffs came around they added him back and uh, he only has played in one of their five games and that was as a pinch runner in extra innings in uh, one of the games against the Reds. Uh, other other than that, it hasn't really done much. But he will probably be active on the roster. Uh, so you have uh, Culberson, Grant Dayton in the bullpen. And um, also Dodgers legend Travis Darno, uh, <laughs> we should probably do next week as the Dodgers rewind because he was a Dodger for like five days, um, but uh, and he's been like, like since he's left the Dodgers, like all he's done is hit. He has like something like twenty eight home runs or something <laughs> crazy, and um, he's doing really well in this postseason. But uh, back to Culberson. Uh, so with the Dodgers, he was only there for two years, but he had like just absolutely like indelible marks so the final game of uh, Vince Scully's do- or at home for Vince Scully he, he called the the last series on the road in San Francisco too but the the weekend before that was his last game at Dodger Stadium and that was the day that the Dodgers clinched the National League West um, and they clinched it on a um, Charlie Culberson home run uh, walk-off and uh, Vince Scully got to do that call it was like you said very emotional but also in 2017 um, he was eight for 16 in the playoffs. Like, uh, Corey Seager, he, uh, hurt, I believe he hurt his back that year and he was left off the NLCS roster, which was like a huge surprise at the time. And then Culberson like stepped in, he started three of the five games at shortstop in that series. And he had an extra base hit in each of those games. He also in the world series in game two that year, and that was the first of two sort of wacky, crazy games, both of which did not go the Dodgers way. But uh, in the 11th inning, the Dodgers were down two. He hit a solo home run and was just going absolutely nuts around the bases because he was he hit a World Series home run, which was great. 
and it, he was celebrating so much that Joe Buck on the air was like speculating that Culberson didn't realize what the score was, <laughs> like he thought he tied it. And I I remember like I don't I don't think it, I don't remember if I asked it or someone else asked it, but in the locker room after the game, it was like. He's like, no, I knew the score. He's like, he's like, come on, like really, but you had to ask just because of the the weirdness of it all. But like, it was just sort of funny. Um, but yeah, so Culberson, like, you know, role player for sure, but obviously had two really like cool moments um, with the Dodgers. So sort of always remembered. Now, speaking of uh, Culberson, I have a trivia for you. He had those um, three extra base or. Three games with an extra base hit. It was three straight starts in the postseason. That's tied for the sixth most starts in or sixth most ugh, sixth most in Dodger history. Uh, starts with an extra base hit. Mookie Betts also did that earlier this year. His first three games uh, of this postseason, he had a double. Can Jacob name any of the five Dodgers with longer extra base hit streaks in the postseason? I'm gonna have a really obvious first three guesses. Steve Garvey. Uh, Garvey, no. He did have a three-gamer, though. Okay. Uh, Justin Turner. Justin Turner also had a three-gamer. Duke Snyder. (laughs) (laughs) Um, look, he, wow, he did not, uh, he did not have a three-gamer. Wow, man. Yeah. My heroes letting me down. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm running low on guess. Let's just throw a few more names out. Uh, Davey Lopes. Davy Lopes did not. When have you a do these long checks, it's never good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll do um, do one more guess. Um, Corey Seager. Seager, he had a three game. Right. in 2016. Tell me who the other five are. Okay, so there's four that have four straight games. Uh-huh. One was Chris Taylor from 2017 to 18. AJ Ellis from 13 to 14. Andre Ethier, all in 2009. Uh, Billy Cox, a third baseman uh, in Brooklyn, 1952 and 1953. But the longest extra base hit streak uh, in starts for a Dodger in the postseason is five games by Jack Peterson in 2017. <laughs> he would a year that he was optioned in August, and he ended up like going. Yeah, off, he was like, late in the postseason. He was on my short list, but I, I didn't want to go any further. Wouldn't it have yeah, been funny uh, if I just like let like my first first guess would have been Cox? Wouldn't that have been good? <laughs> You're like, you know who it is? It's Billy Cox. Like, All right, cool. <laughs> Moving on. Yep. Okay, uh, we're gonna wrap these up, but it is time for the following advertisement is paid for by the QFC Super Pack. Every week, Jacob and Eric get questions from Craig, but we have questions of our own. Why do they need Craig to ask questions at all? Why can't they come up with their own questions? Are they even really Dodger fans? Is there anything true about true blue LA? I'm Craig and I approve this message. Did you listen to the, the new jingle? It's not, not yes. a jingle, it's a, it's a political ad. Yeah, that's right. I laughed out loud hard uh, and I listened to it like uh, Brian sent it last week uh, for last episode and he sent it after we recorded for anyone who thought that was a kind of a... That's right. Yeah. And, and like, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm dropping this in. I'm like, <laughs> and I just was like laughing so hard. It, it's really funny. And then he also, he got Craig, uh, unbeknownst to us, uh, to record a thing at the end, which I thought really sold it. And it made me laugh really hard. And I love it. 
All right. Not that I didn't love the old one. It was they're they're all great. First question for this week's trivia. Let's switch it up. Eric, name the oh. Braves franchise league, a uh, league championship series top three in runs, hits, and home runs. Uh, his <laughs> so hint is, is the two thousand league where two uh, thousand one Braves were the last team to play in the LCS. So it's a lot of nineties Braves. Yeah, they. So they, the Braves outside of that nineties run, they were. Uh, in the LCS in 82 and then like the first one in 69, I think. And I think that was it. So it's basically like picking the nineties. Um, but then you have to also factor in like 91 and 92. Uh, so players who possibly were around for all of those, which is tough. Um, so I want to say, uh, Oh, also 93. Damn. So I, I'm going to say Fred McGriff in home runs. Uh, Fred McGriff is not in the top three Well then, of home is, runs. Maybe bogus. he appears uh, in a different category. Okay. I, I'll go I'll go with him for hits. Uh, third with 31 each. Okay, uh, okay, or tied, so. with, uh, tied for second, I should say, with 31. Okay. Um, now... So the year, so they were LCS in. Damn, Fred McGriff may be in a different category, by the way. Okay, so uh, 91, 92, 93, there was a strike in ninety four. They were in the World Series in ninety five and ninety six, and they did the Padres beat them in the LCS in ninety eight? Yes, the Braves are in it in ninety nine. Good lord, that's a lot. So. <laughs> So it doesn't have to be those early ones. Um, wow. Um, huh. So, um, Andrew Jones um, for home runs uh, is tied with a bunch of people for fourth. Ah, Chipper Jones for home runs. Uh, tied with a bunch of people for fourth. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so I I'm gonna don't suge- remember. I'm going to heavily suggest uh, Chipper Jones be brought up for other categories, though. Okay, so I'll go Chipper Jones for hits and runs. First then. with 40. Uh, first okay. for tw- uh, 40 hits, 20 runs. Uh, I'm going to go off book a little uh, bit, or maybe not. Uh, Dave Justice for home runs? Uh, in that giant group of fourth. Ah, okay. Uh, this is hurting me. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to think. Like, if it's Jeff Blauser, I'm going to be really mad. Uh but uh, so what am I missing? You are missing first and second, and uh, you're missing all of the home runs. You are missing. Uh-huh. I'm going to give you because I, I hinted at it heavily. Fred McGriff is also third in runs as well okay. as hits. So you're missing second in runs, second in hits, all of the home runs. Okay. So uh, <laughs> Ryan Klesko home runs? Uh, tied with a name you've said so far but didn't commit to for second in home runs. Oh. With it's four. not Jeff Blauser. <sighs> Tied for second with home runs for Come four. Come on! <laughs> with, with four? Um, wow. Okay. Um, uh, Ron Gant? Nope. I'm going to also let you know, Jeff yeah. Blauser also second in runs. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'm going to give you a couple more names and name the leader in home runs. Javi Lopez. There you go. Five. Okay. Nice. Freddie Freeman had I, a... Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Fred, no, did, the, did we get all of them? Yep. Uh, just okay. to recap, Chipper Jones, uh, Jeff Blauser, and Fred McGriff for runs. Chipper Jones, 
Uh, oh, no, I, I think you are missing, but we're going to move on. You, you had your That's shot. Fine. Mark Lemke and Fred McGriff for hits. Uh, Javi Lopez, Ryan Klesko, and Jeff Blauser for home runs. They were in a lot of league championships. They were. <laughs> Our future. <laughs> if we get the one, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy. Uh, Freddie Freeman had a substantial platoon split against left-handed pitchers this year. Do you think if the opportunity presents itself, will the Dodgers use a left-handed pitcher against Freeman the ninth? even if he'd have to pitch to some right-handers after that. This should be what Jake McGee is for, right? <laughs> in theory. In theory. But, then, but also, but also he, he's been, I believe, batting, but no, uh, I guess they do Acuna first. Oh, they've been doing Darno. What if, I'm going to check something. They're, um, I think they've been, they've been doing like, so Acuna's first, but then like, you have uh, Freeman, Ozuna, and Darno, um, like in that three, four, five. So like you, you, you still you're bringing in like a, a three batter thing. So like um, that's a tough one. Um, but I, I still think McGee's like good enough to face both sides. So yeah, if, if it comes to that, sure. It'll be interesting like, to see if they they still think that. I think that the stats show that the fans' perception certainly shows that. I wonder if the I I hope because I I've really enjoyed watching him this year. I hope the faith in him is earned and we get to see more of him uh, in in medium either medium or high leverage situations or just like you said, be able to see both sides. Now, if it's like earlier in the game, let's say it's game one and like Walker Bueller goes five, and like in the sixth inning. Um, Freddie Freeman is among the batters, um, but maybe it's two other righties. Do you have the? Do you at that point? Do you have the the stones to go with Victor Gonzalez? I do. In like a, I, do, I would. I, I would. I would think so too. So like that. That that point in the game. Yeah, you could see that. But like later in the game, it's it's probably McGee. Um, uh, real quick, uh, we, this episode's so long, but I I, I do want to ask you this: What are your thoughts on Bruzo Gratterall? Um. Like it seemed like they were using him in uh, uh, sort of medium leverage for most of the season, but they've kind of amped that up, which I find interesting just because he doesn't seem to have developed. He, you know, he didn't have the strikeouts this year uh, to kind of warrant someone that can kind of like get you out of that sticky situation. Um, but I'm obviously his stuff's electric. I really like him. I just thought it was kind of interesting that he's gotten a couple of really fairly high leverage um, spots so far. Yeah, I think he and May, obviously May's role is di- a little different, but like he and May fall into this category of like they're getting like weakish contact and like both are ground ball guys, I believe. Um, uh, but or, uh, at least with May, Gratterall but, like, is for I, sure. I think one of the yeah, lo- yeah. lowest oh, yeah. fly ball so, rates. So. so, so like I think they'll, they, they would live with that, but also I think the strikeouts will come with like, um, uh, better command. Oh, I, I completely think like, they're coming, and I, I, I absolutely bearing you know um, any unfortunate injury development issues like that. That that's looks like the Dodger closer <laughs> uh, kind of well, a, for for a, um, for some years to come after this if everything goes right. It's just interesting that you know I'm thinking specifically of the Tatis near home run that Bellinger caught like man on like arguably a situation you really want to strike out. If you can get it, uh, going to him, I think is interesting. So some Twitter uh, notes on that. That wanted to get your feedback. Yeah, I, I think they they think it's 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 almost like um, 
if Gratterall's like locating his fastball, like that helps everything. Mm-hmm. So I think I don't know if willing him to do that is the right way to put it, but I think he's they think he's like close enough to where he's effective if he's not striking a ton out, but he's really close to striking a lot of people out. If that makes sense, nope. maybe. Cool. Yeah. Third question. So far the wild cra- uh the wild card round saw 18 of possible 24 games played. Then the divisional series had 15 of a possible 20 games so far. So for those of us keeping score, and we always do, how many of the possible 14 games will be played in the league championship series? And Eric goes first. Okay, so the the AL series, which starts first on Sunday, um, is um, Rays Astros, Mm -hmm. um, and that's in San Diego. I think the Rays are better. Look, the Astros were under 500. Like, they're not that bad, I don't think. But they also were decimated with their pitching, which is why they were under 500. I think the Rays can win that series, but I think the Astros are like annoying enough to like <laughs> make make it go six. So I think that's going six. Um, and I think the the Braves' offense is really good, but I also think the the like back uh, back end of the rotation is like a huge advantage to the Dodgers. Um, even even if it like that game five situation is like not is like more of a bullpen maybe. Um, so I actually think I actually think the Dodgers in five to be honest. So just using those two, knowing one could also they could just switch. I will say 11 of 14. I'm going to show you. I don't need to see my webcams. I wrote down 11 games oh. just to, to prove I'm not just stealing your answer. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, so now now we actually have to – you said um, – uh, you literally went with my exact prediction. Um, but I'll, I'll change <laughs> it. You know what? I'll be I'll be the stupid homer. Uh, the the Rays and Astros go seven. The Dodgers sweep. sweep. Oh, okay. Um, I don't. Oh, so that, yeah, the so Dodgers. Yeah, the Dodgers sweep. The, the Astros Rays go seven. Um, I don't actually think that, but we had to do something different. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, it's six, gonna. That's gonna hurt me. Else. I was yeah. not into well, while you're writing that down. I was not into hard yeah. rock or heavy metal, but Van Halen's 1984 LP. Remember LPs? I don't. Yep. Was so much fun, and the main <laughs> videos from that record are so great. Is there a musical artist that isn't in your normal wheelhouse, but maybe you like that one CD that will always go back to for fun? Mm. I d- also, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Says, yeah, that was, that was rough. The, the the one I look, it's it's obviously it's bad when when people die. This is not revelation, um, but like the one cool thing is like just the outpouring of like everyone expressing how awesome Eddie Van Halen was last week and then also just listening i listened to a lot of van halen in the last few days and it was great and you're like oh man i sometimes you're like you know like a band is great or whatever and you're like man you forget like how many good songs or like just memorable songs i guess they had and like just obviously guitar licks um that said i'm trying to think of like um so a C, okay so a cd uh I, I guess I don't I guess I technically have a bunch of CDs still. My car CD player doesn't work. So but I have like the thing that I used to have in my car with a bunch of just um, loose CDs in a 
in a thing and I would use those or whatever. But I don't really listen to CDs anymore, So, but I still listen on Spotify. But I think if I go back to it, like, um, I would say The Wallflowers, Bringing Down the Horse, is an album I could listen to, like, over and over again. In that same era, uh, I almost said um, Cracked Rear View from Hootie and the Blowfish, but, like, I think that sold like 30 million copies or something crazy. So like everyone was listening to that. So it's not that like much of an outlier, but like they didn't really last, you know, in terms of like, they didn't put out a bunch of other records. So, but I, I do, I can listen to like those all the time. I do like, like I how them. we got to get out of your wheelhouse. So no Bob Dylan, Jacob Dylan it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, I, I was so far I, removed. I, I was joking. I sent a text because I was I was actually listening to Bringing Down the Horse like a couple weeks ago, and I sent my a huge Dylan fan friend a text, and I said I think Bringing Down the Horse is like the sixth best <laughs> Dylan, Dylan album. <laughs> yeah, and and he just was like shaking his head. I'm like, yeah. Well. But I also he, I have a long-standing thing where anything after like 1966 with Bob Dylan is like trash <laughs> to me. So like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's I thought your deviation was going to be a late uh, Bob Dylan album. So oh, uh, yeah. I, I truly do have a f- really eclectic taste in music. I have hard preferences and that I listen to mostly um, like Americana, uh, mm. uh, really good pop music and um, a lot of video game music lately. Um, so it's hard to say too much. I, so I suppose I will say, in in the the vein of Craig's question, the hardest album that I really really enjoy is not like it's not death metal or anything. It's just hardcore punk, but is um, refused the shape of punk to come. So I think I think nice. that's probably as close as we get to a genre I don't like a ton of, um, but I do like that album a good deal. I, I'm going to add one more album, which is like in the same era as my other two, uh, Jagged Little Pill uh, by Atlantis Morissette. I, that, I can listen to that like that, over and over yeah. as well. No, I will, since getting over every, myself and embracing my love of good top 40 music, uh, the, the Atlantis album is a, is a true, true classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, final question of this really long episode. California's favorite, according to this news story, California's favorite pizza is barbecue chicken pizza. And for both Kansas and Missouri, their favorite pizza is cheese, which is so on brand. I am dubious of barbecue chicken being a favorite given the current status of uh, CPK. But I go to Jacob and ask, in your observation, is cheese pizza the favorite of your current home states? And for Eric and Jacob, have you tried making pizza at home since March? Um this list, uh, the America's favorite pizza is pepperoni. Like, let's get let's yeah. get the nonsense out of here. Yeah, this I'm and sure this is something like some like, well, if, uh, the favorite above average or something like that. But and just just because the name is California Pizza Kitchen doesn't mean that that I think the people who made that list are like I you think know what? CPK like floated them some dollars. Like, hey, can you say it's barbecue yeah. chicken? Yeah, we're kind of hurting. Yeah, and, uh, looking <laughs> like, at this yeah. map, p- pepperoni is the favorite of Oregon and Montana only, and everyone else is different. This, That's ridiculous. This, is, yeah. uh, this list is garbage. I'm not even going to look it's, at it it's anymore. It's 50, like, whatever, it's 50 for it's fifty for 50, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> every, it's pepperoni everywhere. You just have to sort of live there. With the acknowledgement that there are different kinds of pizzas, obviously, but pepperoni is the, the one, right? If, if, if you look at, like, a pizza emoji, 
any any like sort of pop culture pizza reference it's pepperoni on there right like that's that's how you just like delineate what pizza is uh so yeah it's clearly pepperoni um i think a lot of new york people um and maybe i'm just i i've been in new york like one time i'm just i think like they're like so into pizza like their default is cheese um and it and it's really good i guess but like so i could see that but like other than uh, i think it's just it's got to be pepperoni um and have not tried making pizza sometime i will but i I just call pizza is the i'm feeling lazy pizza hut or whomever and usually when i want pizza i want bad pizza i'm not saying pizza that's good but sometimes i want specifically bad pizza hut pizza I have a local spot that I go to a lot so much. So they, they like, um, overshare with their magnets, like their refrigerator (laughs) magnets to the point where I believe I have nine on my refrigerator right now, just because they, there were a couple different kinds. And then a lot of them have like the, the uh, California bear on the front. And then when, after Kobe died, there's like, it's like the California bear with like, a Kobe and Gianna jersey like in it too like they, they just went all out with like the different types of magnets so I'm like well I'm clear if they give me a magnet I'm putting it on my fridge that's like just the rule even if I have like three of the same ones I don't care um but I use that but also Pizza Hut in fact uh, it's the same thing like uh, I, I don't feel like doing anything today the easiest thing is to to order pizza and like get it delivered now that said I went uh and got Pizza Hut uh, recently, also delivered. Um, and it was like a normal, to me, it was a normal like delivery. It was a little late, but like I, I had, look, I had nowhere to go. And like I wasn't like in a time crunch. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But like they sent me a thing the next day. They're like, hey, sorry, our, we took so long. Here's a free pizza. So I ordered pizza that night too. <laughs> like, like, hey, if you want to give me a free pizza, like I'm game, right? Like, so... Yeah, uh, I'll I'll uh, eat pizza. I I have not. I've never made my own pizza in, in terms of like, uh, no. I've I guess in like probably a bobbly crust back in the day, but I, I don't really do that. Like I will get I if I have a home pizza, it's it's like a, a frozen pizza like your your Red Baron, uh, that sort of brand like the four dollar, uh, frozen pizza, and I might add um, stuff to it like um like a rope sausage, like sliced up, maybe some extra cheese, maybe some mushrooms and just chuck it on the, the top. That's the extent of like home pizza. But for the most part, it's just like order and deliver. I just finished a pizza, so I'm not going to go eat good some, but I'm going to go listen to that refuse record for a little bit. I think I'm going to listen to uh, the, the best Dylan I can, that I mentioned in this podcast. <laughs> no. Uh, so no, uh, <laughs> Uh, we have still uh, well at the time of recording a couple days. This I would imagine possibly this will come a out. week straight of high stress of baseball. I can't take it. Monday to Sunday potentially. Oh. Good lord, oh. it's yeah. It can, I can't even imagine. Like I will say this: the the fact that the Dodgers swept those first two rounds has made my October schedule a lot more normal <laughs> yes. so far that I that I was expecting because. You know, most Octobers, it's like you just, you get sleep when you can. And then, like, my sleep schedule's still been, like, screwed up. But I've taken, like, naps and stuff during the day to, like, make up for it. But it's just, it's been weird. Uh, And, and, like, this week is going to be crazy 
because of the because if it gets to the World Series, there's off days in between the series, and those are usually the the let's breathe moments, right? Or you can like organize your thoughts and get some. This is like every single day potentially for seven days, so it's like man, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what we have to look forward to. So enjoy uh, this series. We'll be back with you next week, either uh, talking about the end of the Dodger season or a World Series trip. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you then.